Hello, welcome to another story about the Peters family. This week's story is Penelope and Pearson Pray Through It. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winning answer was, Nothing Between My Soul and the Savior. From the story, The Peters and Gender, our winner was Everett, who was living in Central Asia. Good job, Everett! It's time for this week's story. Are you ready? Penelope and Pearson pray through it. Though it had been a whirlwind of a couple of weeks, and Daddy and Mama Peters felt like they were burning the candle at both ends, and the entire family would have benefited from so much needed sleep, Pearson and Penelope nonetheless woke up early in the morning on the Thursday before the holiday weekend. Neither of them could sleep before the big trip that was happening. Pearson had quietly tiptoed out of his bed and walked the short length from his room to the girl's room, hoping he would find Penelope awake. He was pleased to see Penelope sitting up in her bed. She quietly greeted him and put her finger to her lips. Shh! They needed to be extra quiet because Priscilla and Patience, their toddler twin sisters, were still fast asleep. Penelope gingerly put on her slippers and walked quietly back with Pearson to his room where the two of them commiserated about the trip. I am so excited! It's getaway day! I can't believe it's here! Are you going to bring a book for the car ride? Pearson queried Penelope breathlessly. Yep, I sure am. I'm bringing my Little Miss Molly books six and seven. I'm pretty sure I'll be able to finish them because the trip to Sutter Mountain Cabin is so long. But I can't wait! Me neither, Pen. I love that cabin. Sutter Mountain Cabin belonged to the good friends of the Peters family, the Wells family, and Finn Wells, one of Pearson's best friends, along with his family, were planning to spend the weekend at the cabin together with the Peters family. The Wells family, who used to live close to the Peters family, had moved away the year prior, and they desperately missed each other. This would be a good time to catch up. The setting was a picturesque one, located on a quiet mountain lake. The cabin was the perfect retreat. The Peters family had been inordinately busy the last couple of weeks, what with having had the Camerons over for dinner and visits several times, and with Todd having spent the night, as Mrs. Hicks, Todd's mom, had given birth to their twins. So the cabin trip offered some promise of respite for the weary Peters. I'm hoping that Finn and I are going to do a lot of fishing. I'm planning to use my new lures that Daddy Peters bought me. That sounds fun, Pearson. I don't plan to fish, but I'm planning to paddleboard with Finn's four sisters. I can hardly wait to see all of them. I've missed Janie, Sarah, Pearl, and Chloe so much, so it'll be good to see them. And it'll be so fun to watch a movie or two while we're there. That's my favorite. Recently, Daddy and Mama Peters had been cutting back on the already limited screen time for the family. Daddy Peters had announced one evening, I don't want our expectation to be just a flip on the tube when we want to relax. I'd like to find better ways to relax together, so let's do our best to use those times to play games or read quietly. Pearson had responded, asking if TV was bad or something. Daddy Peters had responded that TV wasn't bad and that he didn't intend to make a hard and fast rule about not watching it. He just said that he thought there seemed to be a hardening precedent that on the weekends in particular, when everyone wanted to do something fun, the TV went on with a movie, and Daddy Peters just wanted to make sure to establish other ways of having fun. Since Pearson and Penelope didn't watch a lot of TV anyway, they weren't too disappointed. 
and Mama Peters had been putting on classic movies for them rather than new ones, noting that the content of new movies wasn't as good as old movies. And in that way, they had grown accustomed to the less action-heavy older movies as they learned to appreciate the old even more than the new. Me too, Pen. I enjoy watching movies so much. I love when Mama Peters makes the popcorn and puts the candy-coated chocolate pieces in with it. The sweet and salty is the perfect delicious combination. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. Oh, me too. And I hope we stop at that ice cream shop on the way home. I'm going to get their hot fudge sundae if we do. I want mint chip and, and, and cookies, cookies and cream ice cream. As was often the case, Penelope's words tumbled out faster than did her thoughts as she grew more excited. Oh, that's right, Penelope. I'm going to ask Daddy Peters if we're going to stop at the ice cream shop on the way home, Pearson declared. When the chattering about the cabin had begun to slowly grow louder, Penelope turned in the direction of Pearson's door, which she heard squeak open. (coughs) Mama Peters walked in. Why in the world are you two up at this hour? Mama Peters whispered as loudly as a person can whisper. Mama Peters, we couldn't sleep. We're so excited to go to the cabin, Pearson exclaimed. I thought that's what this is all about. Well, now that you're up, quietly come downstairs and help me with breakfast. We have to load up the car and get on the road early. Pearson and Penelope had never been so eager to help with a chore. They happily hopped up and made their way downstairs to help prepare breakfast. Penelope cut a cantaloupe while Pearson scrambled eggs. It wasn't more than 20 minutes before they heard Daddy Peters on the stairs. He was carrying sleepy-eyed Patience and Priscilla in his arms. Good morning, my fellow cabinets. From what I gather from your early morning chatting, I guess you're ready to go, Daddy Peters greeted everyone heartily. Good morning, Daddy Peters, Pearson said first, with Penelope joining in the greeting. They hugged Daddy Peters and their toddler twin sisters. As they all took their places around the table, Daddy Peters began delegating duties. Pierce, when we're done, I want you to go gather all of the packed bags and bring them out to me, and I'll load the car. Penelope, you help Mama Peters pack the cooler, and then bring that to the car, too. Make sure to brush your teeth and pack your toothbrushes. Also, do we have plenty of diapers for the Twinkies? Daddy Peters often referred to the twins with his affectionate moniker. Oh, no, Daddy Peters, ugh, I forgot to pick up a new box of diapers at the store yesterday. Mama Peters answered quite unhappily. Well, it looks like we'll have to make a stop at the store then before we're off. Pearson and Penelope, slightly disappointed by the short delay, both let out a sigh. (sighs) But before either Daddy or Mama Peters could register what was happening with them, the phone rang. (coughs) Mama Peters crossed the floor and grabbed it off his cradle. Hello? Oh yes, he's right here. Mama Peters signaled to Daddy Peters to walk over to take the phone call. Hello? Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's unavoidable then. I'll be in soon. Pearson and Penelope looked crestfallen. They exchanged disappointed looks knowing that something was brewing, growing the wedge of time between them and their dream destination. Well, guys, Daddy Peters explained, one of the job inspectors didn't show up for work today because he's down with a fever. So I need to go and oversee the project until they can get someone else to join in. Daddy Peters didn't sound in the least bit disappointed. But Daddy Peters, we're supposed to go on vacation. Penelope was half whining. Plus, you're not even an inspector. You're an engineer, Pearson added. I know, both of you. But if there's a problem at work, I'm responsible to manage it. 
But, Daddy Peters, when will we get to go, then? Penelope pleaded. As soon as possible, Pen. It's a bit of a bummer. I was looking forward to getting on the road, too. But these kinds of things happen. The Lord has a purpose, and we must trust that the Lord planned it exactly as he intended. But, Daddy Peters, you don't seem very disappointed at all. At least not like us, Pearson said. I don't sound disappointed because I've had lots of practice at taking my emotions to the Lord. I've practiced submitting my plans to Him above all, and you'll get there too. But for now, just pray that it goes quickly and that I'll be able to get back soon for an early afternoon departure. And look, this will also allow Mama Peters to pick up diapers before we go. Though Daddy Peters' tone was upbeat, Pearson and Penelope weren't having it. They were bitterly disappointed. But at least they thought, it sounded as though they would still have a weekend getaway. After seeing Daddy Peters off, Mama Peters directed Penelope and Pearson to clean up the kitchen, but they'd lost their enthusiasm, and the pep in their step and willingness to help with breakfast had declined. They were haphazard in their efforts, while Mama Peters tended to the twins. Pearson loaded the dishwasher without thoroughly rinsing the dishes, while Penelope half-heartedly wiped off the counters. She didn't even attempt to wipe off the crumb-filled streaks. A few moments later, they decided that they were finished. They both moped out of the kitchen and plopped on the couch in the living room. When Mama Peters came downstairs with the girls, she was shocked to see Pearson and Penelope on the couch. Piers? Pen? What are you two doing in here? We finished, Mama Peters. Penelope's answer was nonchalant. Already? I've only been upstairs for a few minutes. Suspecting that Pearson and Penelope had done an incomplete job, she walked into the kitchen with determination and immediately called out, Penelope, Pearson, come in here. Knowing better than to delay their response, they raced in and saw Mama Peter standing at an open dishwasher with a dish rag in her hand. Pearson, did you even rinse these dishes? Do you know how hard it is for the dishwasher to get dried eggs off of dishes? And Penelope, look at these counters. There are streaks of leftover raspberry juice and pieces of bacon all over the place. I'm not sure why you both said the job was done. Did you work with all of your heart as working for the Lord? You both are very familiar with what Colossians 3.23 and 24 says. So did you obey that verse? Well, mostly. Pearson didn't sound too sure. Kind of, Mama Peters, Penelope responded with chagrin. Are kind of and mostly working with all of your heart as working for the Lord? Well, I guess not, Penelope was the first to reply. I guess not, Pearson followed up. What's going on with you two? Only an hour ago you were both so happy to work and do chores. Well, I guess I'm just disappointed, Mama Peters. I'm bummed that we're being delayed. Penelope answered for both of them. Well, Pen, I'm a little disappointed too. But if I were to just neglect all of my duties because I was bummed, nothing would get done. But Mama Peters, we can't help how we feel, can we? Pearson questioned. Pearson, I think you know better than that, bud. Our emotions fall under God's commandments like everything else. Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. To be wise, you must put off your emotions and not simply give voice to them. That means you're to be in control and exercise self-control in all things. I'd like one of you to tell me what Galatians 5.22 says. 
Both Penelope and Pearson looked sheepish, but Penelope spoke up. Well, it says that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control are the fruit of the Spirit. But it's so hard because Pearson and I are really disappointed, Mama Peters. Hen, Piers, I'm not saying self-control is easy, but it's necessary and what God has commanded of us. We must be self-controlled and disciplined. In 1 Corinthians 9.27, the Apostle Paul wrote that he disciplines his body and keeps it under control. So when we feel like doing or responding to something based on our emotional state, we must ignore those feelings and remember Christ. It's what Jesus himself did. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed that if it was possible, he wouldn't have to die on the cross right before he went to the cross. Isn't that amazing? He knew what he had come to do. He understood his mission and that it was unavoidable. But Jesus was both God and man. And in his humanity, he asked the Lord to take away the eventual suffering. But knowing that God's plan for him was to die on a cross, he went to the cross for the joy that was set before him, as it says in Hebrews 12:2. So your first step, like Jesus, is to pray to the Lord and tell him, Lord, I don't feel like doing the work Mama Peters has asked me to do. I just want to be at the cabin today. But if you won't allow that, please help me to work with all of my heart and give me the strength to do it. And you know what? He will, because he is so faithful and will provide for all of your needs. Pray, and regardless of how you feel about it, I require a redo of this kitchen, so get a move on. Well, Mama Peters, not to delay... But but sometimes, doesn't it feel silly to pray for, for, for silly things? I mean, like, shouldn't we concentrate on praying for hard things like the missionaries in faraway places or somebody who's dying? Though Pearson was being inquisitive, he was quite sincere. Well, what does the Bible say about that, bud? It says to pray without ceasing. Now, I understand what you're saying. It might feel silly. And in fact, I think I even understand why. You probably wouldn't request prayer from someone else for a trivial matter because everyone faces trivial matters in life. For example, let's say I'm cooking dinner and I'm concerned that it won't be done in time for a guest. I would definitely go to God with that and lift that concern to him in prayer. I might ask a friend like Mrs. Hicks if she would pray that I could get the dinner done on time. But I wouldn't call it into our church prayer chain or ask Pastor Felsdo to make an announcement to pray that God will help Mama Peters get her meal done on time. But if there is a matter that is weighing on you in your life, like a pattern of sin or something that's heavy on your heart, then by all means, ask others to pray too. That's okay. And though we don't ask everyone to pray for common everyday things, we should still pray for them because we pray without ceasing and in all things. It reflects our total dependence on God for everything. Never feel silly about praying for something because God wants us in constant communication with him. Plus, it gets us in the habit of turning to him first. Be in that habit. Does that make sense? Pearson and Penelope looked thoughtful. They both nodded and simultaneously began redoing their chores. Both silently prayed for their attitudes and that they could clean up the mess quickly. As they talked to the Lord, they were distracted and they worked heartily in obedience to scripture. And God was faithful. They both finished their jobs quickly and with a good attitude. Shortly thereafter, and to everyone's delight, Daddy Peters came breezing through the door. Guess what, you guys? A substitute inspector arrived after all. Let's get this show on the road. But there was one other snag. Uh, Daddy Peters, I didn't have a chance to go get diapers, so we're going to need to stop. 
Mama Peters said with some hesitation. Twenty minutes later, with everyone piled in the car, they were on the road, ready to make their pit stop at the store. Only as they pulled into the parking lot, they heard a popping sound, <coughs> quickly followed by a hissing sound. It was obvious their front tire had hit something because it flattened in a jiffy. Oh, no! This will certainly delay us by quite a bit. There was a look of consternation on Daddy Peters' face. Sheesh! I hope there's a mechanic around here, Mama Peters mused. Pearson nearly shouted from the back seat. I think this is one of those times we were talking about, Mama Peters. Let's pray about it. The family immediately agreed and began to pray as Daddy Peters slowly pulled into a parking spot of the big box store. And just as they all said amen, Penelope looked up. Look! It says service station over there on the side of that building. So it does! Daddy Peters answered excitedly. You guys go in the store and get the diapers, and I'll see if I can get an appointment. Though it took an hour or so before the Peters were back on the road, they were as happy as clams and singing along to the Peters' favorite CD, Hymns for the Family of God, with hearts full of praise for the Lord's mercy, which the Bible says are new every morning. The family sang more love to thee gustily. The twins, too, had gotten to the point where they knew most of the hymns, even in toddler babble. Daddy Peters, who was thankful for the smooth sailing, glanced in his rearview mirror as the song's chorus ended. Mama Peters, Piers, and Penelope, I'm so thankful that none of you complained about the delay caused by the front tire. Praise the Lord for your happy hearts in that. Daddy Peters, instead of griping this time, we just prayed about it. You know, we prayed without ceasing. Penelope giggled. <laughs> well, Pen, that's so great to hear. Now let's get this weekend started, shall we? This is Grandmom's Corner. As I listened to this week's story, I was reminded of what God says in Luke 12 about His care for us. Here's what it says. Then Jesus said to His disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? God knew all along that Pearson and Penelope were excited about the trip, and though there were some obstacles, He still made it happen for them. As I read the Luke passage this week, I recalled a weekend trip our family made to Lake Tahoe years ago. Lake Tahoe is nestled in the stunning California Sierra Nevada mountain range. If you've ever been there, you would know just how majestic and stately the thousands, more like millions of trees, that comprise the mountain range are. Droves of people make the trek to Sierra Nevada to vacation, ski, and camp. Anyway, before our weekend getaway, we'd borrowed snow chains just in case, because we were traveling in the winter, and the weather is often unpredictable in the Sierra Nevada, which, by the way, the name means snow-covered mountains. At the end of the weekend, we started for home. As we drove, the snow began falling fast. The road signs directed that tire chains were required for all cars that weren't four-wheel drive and informed drivers that there was a chain control checkpoint ahead of us. My sweet husband stopped the car on the side of the road and retrieved the chains. I felt terrible for him as he lay on the ground halfway under our van in the cold snow trying to install the chains. I got out of the car to ask if he needed help. 
and felt just awful for him as his jacket was soaked and dirty from lying on the ground. I got back in the car and told the kids we needed to pray, so we did, asking God to help us. Unfortunately, the borrow chains were too small for our tires. We were somewhat bewildered as to how to proceed. We knew we'd have to drive at a snail's pace until we got out of the mountains. But what to do about the chain control checkpoint that had been erected in the middle of the road up ahead, we weren't quite sure. We decided we would talk to whoever was manning the makeshift station and figured we'd have to turn around on the slopes and go back and buy snow chains at a local store. We prayed more than once that God would give us wisdom and show us what to do. My sweet husband and I prayed aloud several times and prayed silently as well as we drove toward the checkpoint. The other consideration was safety. We didn't want to be unwise, but it was farther to go back and buy chains than it was to drive to lower elevations away from the snow. As we neared the chain control checkpoint, we slowed down and got ready to stop. To our utter amazement though, the two snow gear clad men working at the station waved us through. None of the details of why really mattered. We just knew that God had answered our plea for help and wisdom. With gratitude-filled hearts, we drove very slowly for the next several miles, and gradually the snowfall lessened and we made it safely home. Thinking back to that time encourages me to keep praying to our omnipotent, which means all-powerful God. He is sovereign and in control of everything. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.